0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Being with me, your favorite hostess, Ayabola Deborah. We are on episode 35 and it is the year 2021. Um, This is the first episode of the new year. Happy New Year to you. Um, I've really tried to refrain from saying Happy New Year a lot this year because I just find it really, really annoying having to say it all the time, and um, I'm going to put the blame on the Nigerians for this one, because every Nigerian will tell you folks usually say Happy New Year up until sometime in July, and I know some folks who might even say it all the way up until November, so um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to be polite um, and say Happy New Year to you. I hope your Christmas and your New Year was wonderful. Um, And hopefully um, the new year has started off right for you. So if this is your first time of tuning in, a very warm and special hello to you. And if this is your second, your third, your fourth, fifth, or even your 35th time of tuning in, a very special shout out to you. What's popping? What's cracking? What it do? What it be? What's it been? And what is it going to be? Fill me in. You can hit me up on all of my social medias. It's Ayabola Deborah on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you reach out to me, I will be sure to reach all the way right back out to you. You can also actually—I've almost forgotten. This is the first time I'm doing this since I've done it. But you can actually also hit me up um, on the official Instagram and Twitter pages for the Being Podcast, and that is the Being Pod at the being pod and that's on instagram and on twitter okay so today's episode um i guess i'm gonna catch you up a little bit but i also have something that i want to share um with you all so what's been happening since um the last episode the last episode i recorded i think it was around the beginning of december um what's been happening um a lot I guess (laughs) so in December um I did a lot of live recordings I was singing a lot which was a lot of stress because I was having to do a lot of planning and stuff um but it was fun singing is what I love to do um producing in in some respect I love to do as well so being able to do those two things together was really awesome and um I'm also really blessed to have been able to work with people that I really like, um, people that I love working with, people who have great energy, people who are supportive, and people who um, come ready to do the work. You know, that's been um, one of the best things for me about being a musician, being an artist, is working with people who are ready to work, people who are ready to put in in the work to make things come out the best as possible. So that was um, a lot of fun. Christmas with the family was cool um to be honest it was no different from any other Christmas and on my mum's side of the family there's only five of us in the UK um and so it was the five of us together on Christmas day and you know it was different this year um so my my mum and my auntie they grew up um JWs Um, JW the Jehovah's Witness and so celebrating birthdays and Christmas and all of those types of things are not really things that they did Um, and it was only when they became born again Christians that that um, sort of came into into play but by then they were they were grown they were adults and so that culture of gift giving and having big parties and celebrations is not really something that they do and so our Christmases have always historically been quite mellow but this year um it was mellow but there was just a different atmosphere in the house there was so much joy so much laughter and energy um and after we had all eaten and been completely full we literally just danced the night away um to different types of music so we had the contemporary we had the afro beats we had this and then we had the really old school Yoruba you know songs that we grew up hearing in the house and they grew up singing as well um, and it was just really nice because we've never done that before not that I can remember anywhere anyway had a Christmas whereby there was just that much joy and that much laughter and it was just a really great time and for me um Surprisingly, I was looking forward to Christmas. Um, what for? I'm not really sure. But Christmas did live up to what I had hoped it would be. It was it was pretty special and something that I really, um, really enjoyed. Um, New Year's, your home girl was in church singing, leading leading the flock. Um, so New Year's wasn't really that much different for me. Um, yeah, that was Christmas and New Year. Um, and then I got COVID i got covid and i still like there's two things first of all i'm really angry that i got it because i'm the one that listens to all the rules i've been at home um i'm naturally a homebody anyway um but i've been at home i didn't really go out um in fact in the lead up to being in church for new year's i hadn't gone out for a few days at all um but by sunday Um, I think that was like the third or the second or whatever, I was like in the pits. And the first, the majority of the week that followed, I was pretty bad. And I kind of hid how badly I was feeling from my family because I didn't want them to worry. Um, But that being said, it still just felt like a cold. I just felt run down. The only thing that made me think otherwise was, the breathing difficulties that I had that it was painful like really painful and uncomfortable to to breathe in deeply um but I didn't think I had COVID I just thought I was run down because I'd been doing a lot and um I did the test we all did the test and uh my test came back positive and everybody else's came back negative and so I was angry that I got it but then I was like nah I, I don't have it because by the time I had the test result I was feeling for the most part really cool I was fine, I was almost back to normal, I was like maybe 70%, it was just maybe the tiredness that I was feeling and I was coughing a little bit and then all the cough that I didn't cough the week before suddenly... Um, I was now coughing now that I had this this result so I don't know maybe it's the way the mind the the way the mind works but the coughing then got really bad Um, but I was finally allowed out of the house Um, I went out of the house yesterday and truth be told it was really difficult at first Um, I really struggled in the first 20 minutes I was actually in physical pain um and couldn't really breathe well and this was without a mask because I was still sort of um in the residential area before I like reached the main road um but I think for the most part I'm well I'm gonna say I'm 95% well um I don't feel unwell anymore um and like I said part of me doesn't even believe that I had it anyway uh, but yeah, that's um, me catching you guys up. Um, I have not yet got a full time job, but I am doing something on the side, which is quite exciting. I'm now doing vocal lessons. Now, this is, this is something that I honestly should have been doing from a long time ago. Um, but a friend of mine just gave me a call and asked me to jump on board um, with what she's doing with her business and it's just i think i'll save the story for another episode but let me just tell you when you pray when you ask god um or you share your heart's desires with god be as specific as possible if you can give dates and times and all of those other things do it um he really is listening And this whole experience for me, which I'll share another time, this whole experience for me shows me that he is paying attention and that he's concerned about me and that he's attentive to me. And when I call and when I express my heart, when I share things with him, he is all ears and he is constantly, (sighs) yeah, I'm, I'm even getting emotional. He's constantly got me on his mind and he is working everything out for my good. Um so yeah, so that's a catch-up. Um but today, um today's episode is gonna be really short, but I just want to share something with you which I've been thinking about over the last few weeks. And um <clears throat> I've been thinking about it quietly personally, I haven't shared it with anyone. Um but my good friend Tua King, you guys should remember her. Um please follow her on Instagram, it's at Tua King. What she's doing with her Instagram lives is just incredible. She is just smashing things to pieces, to smithereens, and just lashing everybody. And I promise you, promise you, promise you, it is worth your while um, tuning in and watching. I think she's put all of her previous lives on her Instagram TV. So you should be able to watch it that way. Um, But she did one today. And, you know, we'd had a conversation earlier in the week about, you know, the topic of. Um, the, the the live that she was going to do but I didn't know the angle that she was going to um, approach it with and um, having watched the whole thing and participated in it I literally just told her before I picked the microphone up to start recording that she echoed and validated and authenticated the words that I've been carrying for a few weeks. So Here's how it started, so I was on Twitter, as you do, and um, I came across this thread, and it was this mother who was basically asking the question, who are you going to open the door for today? And in this thread, she told a story about how Um, So just to give you a bit of context, the UK is in our third lockdown, um, which I think we all agree is probably the hardest one. This one has felt really, really difficult and really, really taxing. I think the weather has a lot to do with it. And I also think because we're nearing a year when we first went into lockdown and things appear to be worse than they were Um, when we first went into lockdown and that is really really difficult um to 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 deal with so hugs and kisses and so much love um and and good positive vibrations to everyone who um is struggling um I feel you I stand with you um we're going to beat this thing together um but back to this lady so she said um she's at home of course because of lockdown her daughter is also schooling from home because schools are closed and um, at the end of the school day her daughter said to her that um, her professor or her lecturer or whoever it was um, doesn't believe that um, the equality pay gap the gender pay gap exists he doesn't believe it's a thing and he was so adamant that this was the case he really didn't allow any of the the students who all happen to be um girls to speak or to voice their own opinion now this mother was furious by that because it's misinformation because the gender pay gap equality pay gap it does exist and there is enough um data and stats to prove that this is fact this is not a figment of someone's imagination this is not something that is 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 um based on uh, on a whim or unfounded truth this is legitimate facts and so she decided the following day that she was going to attend that class with her daughter and confront this teacher and when she confronted him he was you know, naturally defensive and almost unwilling to listen. Um, But what happened was that the other girls in the class, they were able to find their voice and were able to express their own opinions on the matter, express their own opinions about how that teacher teaches them in a sense that he, as a man, is very sexist and doesn't allow them, as Girls, students to voice their own opinions and it was proven by the fact that he was constantly interrupting and interjecting and disagreeing with them reinforcing his sexism and the mother was there you know witnessing all of this unfold and she began to think and she was thinking you know these girls were all in the session yesterday and none of them opened their mouths to say anything to confront this obviously Um, sexist um, viewpoint that was also based on misinformation but because I opened my mouth I opened the door for them to be able to express their feelings now having read that story I really started to think about what it means to open the door Um, and the question for me was who are you opening the door for who are you opening the door for? Now, earlier today, I, I said that to my to, to my mum, and she thought I was uh, saying that statement in reference to who am I opening my heart to? Who am I allowing into my inner sanctum, into my sacred space? Who am I allowing into my intimate circle? Who am I allowing into my atmosphere? And while that is also a very great question and a, a great um thought process and a a great point of reflection I was actually referring to it in a sense of who am I granting an opportunity to by opening the door the other thing that came to mind is is you know just generally in day to day if somebody was to walk um to a door and they open it and they see that you're behind them if they were to just walk through the door without holding the door open for you or just kind of like you know holding it a little bit for you to then hold the door open for yourself. Most of us would say that that person was rude. Most of us would say that that person was disrespectful or they lack common courtesy. Um, The same thing applies to our visions and to our dreams. The same thing applies. Why does it apply? Because if we, um, as Tiwa said in her show today, say yes to the call, if we say yes to the vision, if we... um, do the work and we open that door, whether we had to fight to open that door, whether the door swung open for us, whether somebody else left the door open for us to walk through, we have to do that and um, again I'm going to keep referring to your show because it was just such confirmation for me that my thoughts um, on this particular area were right and it authenticated and validated all the thoughts that I've had over the last two, three weeks um, about this particular area and it was so interesting that she used her time in university as a choir director as sort of her foundational point because I have been thinking about my time as a choir director when I was in secondary school Now, to give you a bit of context, my first secondary school that I attended was a local secondary school. And at the time, um, the school was under special measures and had just been changed into an academy. So they'd, they'd pumped millions into rebuilding the school and rebranding the school and all of that stuff. And, um, I was the first, my set were the first to start this school as an academy, but it was a really bad school. And my mum really did not want me to go there. And she, um, tried everything to get me out for the first um, two years. Eventually she was successful and um, I left the school at the end of year eight and started a new school um, at the beginning of year nine, Greycoat Hospital, shout out to GCH, all the old greys. And um, I remember at the end of year nine, it was my first year in the school, at the end of year nine, we were gonna do a show of some sort and um, we were going to do it in upper school. Um, in Greycoats, they have lower school, which is year seven to year nine, and then upper school, which is year 10 to year 13. But when you get to year nine, you start taking some of your lessons in upper school, I guess it's part of the transition process. And you also are afforded um, a few luxuries in that for lunch, you can go out of school to buy your lunch. And our school was based in, in Victoria, Westminster area. So we had places that we could go to. And I remember this end-of-year show was coming up and um, a few of us wanted to sing, wanted to perform, and we wanted to do um, What You're Looking For by Kurt Franklin. What you're looking for, I'm the one you're looking for. And um, we were practicing this song in the music room in Lower School. And... For whatever reason I can't quite remember but I think we were struggling to find the harmonies now me being someone who'd been in choirs and someone who has been blessed with an inner ear that I also worked on and developed I was able to figure out these harmonies so I they asked me oh Debs can you teach us so I taught the harmonies and they're like oh no can you stand in front so we can all see you so we can know when to come to come in and so there I was standing in front of my friends teaching them the harmonies for this song and um, when we eventually performed the song in upper school in front of the whole school the response was insane and it was just like wow we're actually we're quite good and so the conversation turned to we should start a gospel choir that being said the school already had a gospel choir but the gospel choir was led by the music teacher who bless her heart really wasn't cut out for it because she had little to no exposure of um music um from black cultures were inspired by black cultures music that is part of black culture and black history so jazz um even rock and roll the blues r&b soul she didn't have any exposure to any of those things and so she was really ill-equipped i mean it was a running joke that the only thing that the gospels choir could ever sing was um what's this song something inside so strong i know that i can make it Well, thinking about the words now, it's like, wow, it's a a brilliant song. But at the time, it was just something that we used to laugh about all the time. And so because of that one performance, um, we started what we called Senior Gospel Choir. And I was a director. Um, Whether I liked it or not, that was the position that I was forced into. Um, And at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. I was 14 going on 15, Um, no idea what I was doing it, doing rather, completely winging it, Um, led it by myself, no teacher input whatsoever and I did that for year 10, 11, 12 and 13 because I stayed on at the school for sixth form. So I did that for four years by myself and that choir grew and evolved over time. Um, I remember that we would stay behind sometimes. So after five, um, rehearsing or doing Bible study together, or just really trying to bond. And it was interesting because these, these girls in the choir, they were all my friends. There was about 20, 30 of us, they were all my friends. They were all, they were in the same class as me or in the same class, same form as me rather, or in the same classes as me. They were all my peers and I was doing it by myself. And I'm not even here to say that I did a good job because there were times where I would lose my temper, I would get frustrated. Um, but we were amazing, um, to put it lightly. We, we were absolutely amazing and we were so good Um, at the time that we were able to do things like I know Westminster Abbey like the back of my hand I remember being invited to one of the evening services in in Westminster Abbey and we could do that because Westminster Abbey was our local church and we used to have school services there all the time and so we were um, familiar with the Canon, Canon Nick at the time, um, our a school priest Mr Swinton um he invited us to to partake in a a service in Westminster Abbey in the evening we won a local competition um one of the teachers invited us to sing at her wedding and it's funny because what she paid us at the time is what is now like my base fee for um for singing at weddings which is a separate conversation but anyway um why am I saying all of that? I'm saying all of that because now, um, 15, 16 years later, can't believe I just said that, but yeah, 15, 16 years later, that gospel choir is still running in Grey Coats and they have been able to do incredible things. I I remember seeing them on the BBC. They were part of a, a BBC show, a competition or something like that. Um, and apparently People still talk about me in in that school in terms of what I did for music for gospel choir, what I was able to do, set a standard, set a precedent. I opened the door for somebody else to step into their calling as a leader, to step into their calling as a singer, as a musician, as an artist. I opened the door for girls to 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 come into school and feel like they could build their own community of like-minded girls who liked the same kind of music, who liked um who liked to to sing gospel songs, who loved God and who wanted to know more about God, I opened that door. That's what legacy is. And so my challenge to you, I said this was gonna be a short episode and look, <laughs> but my challenge to you is um, think about who you're opening the door for when you make your decisions about your goals and your dreams and your visions. Who are you opening the door for? Who are you giving a helping hand? Who are you being a, a help a helper to? A vision helper, a purpose helper, by doing what you're supposed to do. Who are you opening the door for? whether that door, like I said, is a door that swings open for you, a door that you have to forcefully push, a door that you have to break down. Who are you doing that for? Because if you're doing it just for yourself, then I dare say you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But if you're doing it for the people that will come behind you, the people that will come after you long after you're gone, then perhaps maybe you're just doing the right thing. So in this year, 2021, I know that the pandemic is still going on. I know that we're all frustrated. I know that everybody is fed up. I know that um, some of us are feeling tired. Some of us are feeling extra alone. Um, Some of us are feeling um, weary. We feel like giving up. Don't give up because somebody somewhere is relying on you to open the door. Um, That's it. That's what I wanted to share with you. Um thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you guys. Um, there are some exciting things coming, exciting things, exciting new things are coming. Um, I will be sharing as time goes on. Um, but in the meantime, you can keep up with me on Instagram. You can hit me up on my personal pages. It's Ayabola Deborah on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also hit me up on the official Instagram and Twitter pages for Being with Ayabola Deborah podcast. And that is at the Being Pod. At the Being Pod. Um, reach out to me and I will definitely reach back out to you. I think that's it for the church announcements. So until next time. Laters.